This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, midweek Wednesday afternoon, September 14th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. The Noon Business Hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Saving for college is a project that needs to start early. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the producer price index, which gauges things at the wholesale level, is out today. Let's see what that is signaling. We're joined by Matt Mat. Tegan, CEO, Blue World Asset Managers based in Chicago. Matt, thanks for joining us today. The cons- the producer price index and the consumer price index uh, measure two different things. And when the when we talk about the producer price index, uh, what is that like as far as, as goods and services are concerned in the pipeline? Uh, where in the pipeline is the uh, PPI taking that snapshot? Uh, the producer price index, uh, uh, like you said, fundamentally different from the consumer price index, and it is as the name implies, what we buy as consumers are finished products. But what producers purchase are raw products in order to create those finished product products. And there's a good correlation between what producers are paying for their raw materials and what we end up paying as consumers at the retail level. That's what that's measuring for us. And the PPI is telling a tale that's uh, somewhat similar to yesterday's uh, disappointing CPI uh, number that uh, led to that big sell-off, and that is inflation on a month-over-month basis is uh, leveling off or easing just a bit, but it's still uh, much higher than it should be on a year-over-year basis. Yeah, well, what we really need here is a bit of a reality check. On the one hand, we're being asked to believe that the economy is so strong that it is driving inflation and we need rate hikes to cool it off. In the same breath, we're being asked to believe that this roaring, robust economy is so fragile that a rate hike might send it into recession. Those two things cannot reconcile. Inflation can rise by several mechanisms. This one is not being driven by a strong economy. This is policy-driven inflation. And my position is that rate hikes will only prolong and exacerbate the effects. Investors need to be aware there will be small fluctuations report to report, but it's not really meaningful to the economy until there's a downward trend established And until then, the fluctuations, they're going to cause this kind of wild volatility we've seen here in the last, you know, several days. Uh, We need to be prepared for that. And what is uh, one way that we can prepare for for, for the volatility? Well, whatever mechanisms you're using to keep the defense on the field, 
uh, whether that is lower volatility positions moving in and out as you or your advisors see fit. Uh, there are several mechanisms, of course, to protect a portfolio against volatility. Make sure we're paying attention to whatever those things are that you and or your advisors are using. And then very quickly on the, on the, on the policy front, I mean, the Federal Reserve using basically the only tool they have at their disposal to put the brakes on the economy. And your contention is it's not enough or may not be the correct tool. I, I, it, I believe it is not the correct tool. I think we're trying to drive in a screw with a hammer. Not all inflation is created by the same mechanism. And the one that is most easily affected by rate hikes is an economy that is very, very strong. We don't have an economy that's strong. If we did, a rate hike wouldn't be threatening to throw it into recession. Matt Matigan, CEO, Blue World Asset Managers, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. You can check out his Money Speak podcast. Coming up, getting a running start on saving for college. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. A survey by NerdWallet finds that one in five parents of children under 18 haven't started saving for their kids' college education. Let's get some help from Mark Horner, Wealth Advisor at Fairhaven Wealth Management, based in Wheaton, the website, fairhavenwealth.com. Mark, thanks for joining us today. That is an astonishing statistic, especially since my oldest daughter is eight years old, on the cusp of nine. We have been saving uh, probably since she was two months old. And uh, even now, with college 10 years down the road, I look at that uh, bright start statement and uh, sweat just a little bit and wonder if that's enough. So uh, what is driving the psychology of the people who don't save at all? Is it uh, a matter of means or uh, they just want to spend the money on other things? It's it's probably a mix of both of those things, Rob, and and, uh, and and maybe also not even not thinking realistically about what college is going to is going to cost, and just and just how quickly uh, college can college can pop up. Uh, so, uh, like any savings goal uh, in any any element of financial planning, getting started and letting the power of time work for you is a huge first step. And so to not get wound up into, well, what's the number I should be saving per month? Just getting a uh, 529 plan, that's going to be one of our favorite vehicles to get started. Uh, so like your bright, start, your bright Start plan, getting that open, getting it started, putting a, getting some automatic savings going in each month out of, that, out of that checking account, maybe revisiting that over time. But getting it started and automating it, those are the most important steps. The 529 plan is really kind of a set it and forget it uh, type of situation where you do set up a, a monthly deposit. Uh, you might uh, have a, a large uh, honorarium for, uh, you know, perhaps a, a baptism or some other uh, money you get from family uh, uh, based on uh, whatever traditions you have in your family just to get it going. But uh, over time, you know, at what point in your child's life should you maybe uh, – up the amount that you're putting in on a monthly basis. I mean, because what you put in when the child is two or three is probably different from what you do when they're 10 or 11. Uh, it is. And so life's going to, life's circumstances are going to change. And so as you, as we you progress through your career and maybe you get raises or annual bonuses, thinking about upping, upping those dollar amounts are, are excellent times to be revisiting your financial plan in general, but college savings in particular. You also touched on some interesting elements about 529 plans, and that is anybody can contribute to anybody else's 
529 plan. So talking to grandma and grandpa about uh, about maybe helping make contributions to the uh, to their grandchildren's 529 plans is, is absolutely uh, absolutely permissible and a great way to be getting more money into those plans. Uh, so I think it's it's also important, which we've talked about before, but it's also important on this college topic to think about how we spend that money eventually when we get to college. So I, I also want to encourage everybody to be thinking about uh, really getting educated about the price of college and ways to drive down the cost because that, that also helps maybe, maybe lower the amount that we actually need to save for college. So both, both saving for but then spending wisely those college dollars uh, understanding both ends of those that equation is very important. And then very quickly, Mark, how generous are universities these days as far as financial aid is concerned? And there's been a great deal of discussion about the federal student loan program over the past uh, couple of months or so. But uh, how does the amount of uh, scholarship money or grant money uh, in, in 2022 stack up to the amount that was handed out, you know, let's say in the 90s? Yeah, I don't. I don't have specific numbers on that. I've, I've seen a couple of articles that the that the pool of college applicants is down uh, versus versus previous years, and what that means is that colleges and universities are competing for uh, for fewer students out there, which should in theory mean that they're going to be willing to sharpen the pencil a bit a bit more. So when you're going through those college applications, like right now. And when acceptance letters and financial aid offers start rolling in at the beginning of the at the beginning of the year, absolutely do not be afraid to go back to maybe your top three schools and ask them to sharpen the pencil in some way, not through loans, but you're looking for scholarships and grants, things that you do not need to pay back that'll help drive down that cost of college. Do not be afraid to ask. Mark Horner, Wealth Advisor at Fairhaven Wealth Management based in Wheaton. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. The website, fairhavenwealth.com. Coming up next, rising prices are inspiring more people to try secondhand shopping. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Thrift and secondhand stores are seeing more customers as inflation puts a strain on budgets. We welcome in Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based business reporter. Jennifer, thanks for joining us today. Uh, tell Tell us all about the the, the status of the secondhand market, because there have always been uh, secondhand stores uh, played against sports. There have been uh, thrift stores. Uh, Goodwill, always a a big place to go Mm -hmm. if you want to uh, to, to get a Halloween costume or uh, get a uh, a cocktail (laughs) tumbler from somebody's retirement party 15 years ago. (laughs) They they always come in handy. But uh, now now you have uh, a, a great deal of online resources uh, like Facebook Marketplace, that can help you find uh, something above and beyond. Uh, congrats, Gus, on your retirement. Uh, you can actually get some uh, big-ticket items for uh, deep discounts uh, via the secondhand market. Absolutely, you can. And like you mentioned, this has been going on for, for centuries. I mean, the Salvation Army's first thrift shop opened up in the late 1800s. So this is not nothing new, but it, um, there was a time when there was a stigma attached to going shopping at Goodwill or the Salvation Army, and even going to like a Play It Again sports in a Play-Doh cl- closet. But once people got, kind of got more into that and realized they can get some really good deals from what they now call re-commerce, it's not resale, it's re-commerce, and it's things people have bought and you know, and they and they've worn and they're they're pretty much putting it on consignment or they're donating it. And what, you know, it is just the COVID really, the pandemic really blew it up. And now it's like a fast growing segment of the overall retail 
environment and just, you know, apparel is huge, but so is furniture, sporting goods. And, you know, to, to show you who's really doing a lot of this, sneakers are like just a huge piece of the of the market as well. But it really is about, you know, you're saving money and you can get you can get some because luxury, we know, has been on fire for some time, even through this recession that we don't really know if we're in yet. But, um, you know, you can really get some good, good deals on those things. You know, our, our producer, Andy Kirscher, he buys toy purses for his wife at a huge discount. And my daughter, who's uh, she'll, she'll let him on a really cute Lululemon or something like that. And she'll be like, yeah, I picked it up at, you know, Goodwill or Salvation Army for, you know, eight bucks or something like that. And she's very proud about it. So I think that that's what we're seeing is that this whole generation is really moving into the whole resale, you know, used goods, but they say uh, softly used goods, or I can't remember what the term is, but I think it's just, and it's just a great way to save money. And particularly now when budgets are tight, it's really coming in. The other, the other one other piece of this too, Rob, is that, you know, we've got a huge uh, climate control and eco-friendly environment going on now. And so it is more socially acceptable to be wearing gently used clothes that you bought, you know, for cheap somewhere else. People really are getting into it. Well, we have to uh, probably uh, thank Macklemore for uh, singing about the uh, <laughs> virtues of the thrift shop uh, 10 or 11 years ago. That might have actually right. uh, uh, put that idea in some people's heads. Uh, some other time, Jennifer, we do have to talk about uh, that there needs to be a study of the uh, secondhand economy when it comes to uh, baby and uh, toddler gear. Uh, oh, because yeah. uh, we have been uh, pushing baby and toddler and uh, young girl clothes through our house since uh, 2013, and uh, I think mm-hmm. we stopped buying new stuff uh, somewhere around um, the 2014 midterms, just because there was so much secondhand stuff floating around, uh, it was unnecessary. And, it, and you talk about so much of it being generally used. That's like, I mean, those those little shops are popping up everywhere with uh, with baby clothes and furniture and such. It's you know, the kids go out of it so quickly. It's only been vomited on once. Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based <laughs> business reporter, thanks for joining us today. Still ahead in Personal Finance Wednesday, making sure your investment portfolio is well-balanced. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Governor Pritzker discusses the treatment of migrants sent to Chicago from Texas. A threatened railroad strike could cause major headaches for commuters on Friday. Personal Finance Wednesday, meeting the challenge of balancing your investment portfolio. And fall is here. We'll get an update on what's hot and what's not at the liquor store. WBBM business. The markets are higher. The Dow is up 76 points. The Nasdaq is up 88. 
28. The S&P 500 is up 18. AccuWeather says nice today, hazy sunshine, high of 78, cooler at the lakefront. 75 degrees right now under mostly sunny skies at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, Governor Pritzker says his counterpart in Texas, Greg Abbott, has intentionally withheld information from officials in Illinois and Chicago as he sends buses of migrants north. Let me be clear, while other states may be treating these vulnerable families as pawns, here in Illinois, we are treating them as people. The governor has issued an emergency disaster proclamation to make state resources available to support the asylum seekers. This just in, members of one union are rejecting a tentative deal with the largest U.S. freight railroads, while three other unions remained at the bargaining table just days ahead of a national strike deadline. A strike which could begin on Friday would intensify snarls in the nation's supply chain that have contributed to rising prices. About 4,900 members of the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace workers, District 19 voted to reject the tentative agreement. Metra is updating its plan should there be a strike of freight railroad workers on Friday. The agency says it expects to operate as scheduled on the Metra Electric, Rock Island, Southwest Service, Milwaukee District North and Milwaukee West lines. If the work stoppage does take place, there will be no trains on the BNSF, the Union Pacific North, Northwest and West lines. Metra says it is still working to determine if operations will go ahead on the Heritage Corridor in North Central Service. It's 12.32 as the noon business Business Hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are in plus territory today. We're joined by Jeff Kilberg, founder and CEO of KKM Financial, based in Chicago. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. Uh, let's talk about yesterday's sell-off, which, uh, the, you know, going into a four-digit loss in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, uh, it's an eye-popping number, and it certainly uh, led the news uh, yesterday afternoon. But uh, at the end of the day, it was basically the market giving back all of its gains from last week well rob you're absolutely right and it didn't feel good let's be honest it was painful to see the dow jones over a thousand points in the red and that was the worst day we've seen since june of 2020 but what i want to caution investors of getting too scared and not panicking from what we saw yesterday is that you have to realize this is all a reset of expectations the federal reserve is set to raise interest rates again and as we're seeing this rate normalization process there's a ton of volatility digest. And I think inside this volatility, you have to embrace that you have the ability to reposition towards certain sectors, if it's energy or with utilities. But this volatility, despite the fact it is disheartening and bothersome, the VIX, we talk about the VIX all the time, that's the fear gauge, the S&P 500 VIX, which measures the actual option premium people want to pay to protect their portfolios. The VIX is only at 26. To put it in context, Rob, the VIX was above 80 when we saw the pandemic. It was above 80 when we saw the Great Recession in 2008. So there's no panic on the street, but it is bothering to see this type of volatility whipping around. I mean, it was just also just, it, as, as we talked, discussed earlier, it was disappointment. Uh, investors and people who were just observing the fight against inflation uh, probably wanted to see signs that uh, it was going down in a meaningful way. On a month-over-month right. basis, it, was, uh, it had plateaued, largely thanks to gas prices going down. But that core number went up uh, by to to a degree that kind of made people take notice, and that is, uh, you know, if we look at inflation, uh, are, are we going to be dealing with uh, this stubborn plateau for the next couple of months? 
I think it's a great point you bring up. And yes, there was another hot inflation reading. That was the catalyst and the sell-off. Or to your point, we took the stairs up. We took the elevator down. We had four consecutive days of positive stock market gains. We took the elevator straight down. But I think you have to look through a more comprehensive lens. And we saw autos. If we talk about pre-owned cars, that was the biggest input in the inflationary data post-pandemic. We saw pre-owned vehicles go down 4% month over month just in the month of August. So there is some reverse trends we are seeing inflation abate but other areas it's not happening so now as we see interest rates look at the jumbo loan the highest the jumbo loan has been at 6.3 percent that's going to cool housing so there are some areas that are going to offset this inflation and the inflation it doesn't feel good we're paying more for food and gas but we are seeing certain parts as dislocated as it is rob we are seeing inflation abate so i think inflation goes down by the end of the year i think the stock market has the ability to go back up but we have to get through this next fed meeting which is critical to get in the rearview mirror for any type of optimism for the bulls out there. And uh, part of the sell-off yesterday was fueled by the belief that uh, it, a, a 75 basis point increase is all but inevitable, and there's now an outside chance at a full uh, one-point uh, hike in the interest rate. Uh, where do you fall on that spectrum? Well, I think you have to realize Fed Chairman... Powell is more of a to invoke a little Looney Tune car. He's like a chicken hawk. He's walking around talking to talk, but I don't think he walks the walk. I do not see 100 basis points happening. I think that'd be a mistake by the Fed. On top of some of the mistakes they've already made, they've expanded their balance sheet. They bought way too many assets post pandemic. So I think the Fed is going to lock in the 75 basis points, and then they're going to have the ability to sit back and watch. We're so spastic on the market these days. I think we have to realize that when they move the pendulum, it swings too far. They were too accommodative, and now they're getting too hawkish. So I think the Fed will be very, very strict in their language to say that they will have the ability to not tilt us into recession. That's the one thing they have to be really careful. They can't raise rates too high too quickly, which, in my opinion, they may have already done that, Rob. But I think they'd be very nimble and careful on their messaging, and that's what we're going to be so focused on as investors. Jeff Kilberg, founder and CEO of KKM Finance of KKM Financial based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, Personal Finance Wednesday, making sure your investment portfolio is well-balanced. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Personal Finance Wednesday. As market conditions change, it's always a good idea to review your investment strategy. Let's get some insight from Shane Gornick, partner and certified financial planner with Forefront Financial Planning in Downers Grove. The website, preparemyretirement.com. Shane, the story of 2022 so far for investors is that uh, you can't find shelter in growth and you can't find shelter in value because of this uh, unique and uh, stressful uh, set of economic circumstances we're navigating this year. Uh, So what is your advice to people uh, looking for some semblance of uh, shelter from all of the uh, headwinds of 2022? Uh, Thanks, Rob. One of the things that we're seeing a lot is people are saying, you know, the market is down and I just want to keep things as is. I want to, I want to weather the storm. I want to ride things out. And one of the things that we're recognizing is just because you've lost money in a particular investment, it doesn't mean that that investment is still a good investment or that that investment is the investment you need to regain the money you lost from. Uh, What we do see is a lot of times someone might be an investment that unfortunately might not have been a great investment in the first place or due to circumstances, there might be other investments that are more attractive or more appropriate now. Uh, And all too often what we're seeing now is that people, when they've lost money in the market, they sell out of the market altogether. 
And unfortunately, what that means is when they're out of the market altogether, when things do come back up, they miss out on that opportunity to have that rebound. And what level of, uh, I was, let's just say, assertive management of your portfolio should you be making aggressive moves or even some moves to respond uh, to changing market conditions versus someone who has a retirement fund or a college fund and you don't really need to access that money until many years down the road? Great question, Rob. Uh, a lot of it has to do with how confident you are that that investment is the one is the right type of investment for you. You know, if you're something more aggressive and it's expected that it's going to be more volatile, uh, then, and, and you have a longer time horizon, that might be something uh, worth hanging on to. Uh, but just because, you know, the market's down 17% year to date, uh, just because you have a fund or a stock that's down more than 17 or less than 17, it doesn't mean necessarily that it's a bad stock. Uh, it could mean that it's a bad stock or a bad fund. There's some funds that have lost that are great funds or stocks that would be a great place to get in right now. Uh, it's just a matter of you know, you know, taking this as an opportunity to reevaluate what you, where you are. It doesn't mean that you need to make a move. It doesn't mean, mean that you should sell out and go into cash. We definitely don't recommend that. But we do recommend is you know, sitting down with your advisor. It's something that we're doing a lot with our clients right now to just make sure that where they are still makes sense and taking advantage of a time to do some fine-tuning. Shane Gornick, partner and certified financial planner at Forefront Financial Planning in Downers Grove, the website preparemyretirement.com. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday and still to come, a look at the hot drinks for fall. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Fall is here, and that means a change in cocktail and beer offerings. Let's get an update from Carly Katz, owner of Bottles and Cans based in Chicago. Carly, thanks for joining us today. Now, the, the the weather this weekend is going to be very summer-like. Temperatures in the high 80s, and uh, those conditions uh, may persist for the next uh, couple of days after that. Uh, but one surefire sign that uh, September is here and fall is around the corner is that the uh, Oktoberfest beers uh, start showing up at uh, places like Bottles and Cans. And, uh, you know... Even though the weather may say summer, uh, do your customers come in in a fall mood when September clicks around? It's funny how, like, September 1st, regardless of the weather, people are, are ready to move on to the next seasonal beverage. So, yeah, we are seeing, like, a tremendous uptick in people coming out for Oktoberfest. Um, pumpkin beers are a little light, uh, but, again, people are, are ready to go with those as well. And then uh, pumpkin spice is uh, something that has been uh, spreading across the uh, entire consumer product spectrum ever since uh, Starbucks began offering the uh, pumpkin spice latte. Uh, there are several uh, pumpkin spice beers out there, some better than others. Uh, is this a, a gimmick that uh, beer drinkers uh, really flock to? Well, so in the past, yes, uh, pumpkin beers would come out and people would go nuts because most people know that there's only a few weeks out of the entire year that you can get pumpkin beers. It is starting to kind of lower as far as like how many people we're seeing coming in and asking for that. Um, like I mentioned, it just seems this year more than ever, we're seeing a lot more Oktoberfest um, once than we have in the past. Um, pumpkin beers are still out there. They're still lovely. People like them. 
Um, but the options are not are no longer just pumpkin beers as far as like fall seasonal drinking. And then when does the fall seasonal drinking begin uh, uh, or, or when people start asking for those types of uh, beers or those types of uh, cocktail fixings? Uh, because, you know, we will have this uh, extended summer for the next couple of days. Uh, mm-hmm. Does it does it go by the calendar or does it go by the weather forecast? It typically, so it, can, it it's kind of both. Um Honestly, like we start seeing pumpkin beers in like August, um, which is awesome. But again, it doesn't matter for a lot of people if it's hot out. If they're like ready to move on to to fall, they're just going to do it regardless. And then uh, also, you know, with uh, with with some of the, uh, the the fall cocktails. I mean, I'm guessing uh, cinnamon infused, uh, apple cider infused uh, types mm-hmm. of drinks. What are some of the the, the really popular uh, uh, cocktails that people uh, want to make once fall rolls around? And what do they need to make them? So a lot of people like at this point, like I said, there are a few cocktails with pumpkin spice. I would prefer not to drink any of those, Um, but they like anything using uh, spice liqueurs as far as cinnamon, doing something maybe even with a little cranberry. Um, There's a lot of those liqueurs out there Um, along with the cinnamon. We are also seeing like a huge uptick in coffee liqueurs. Um, there's a, a couple of one Ma- Maple Wood, who I think um, I've mentioned on the show a couple of times. They have uh, a coffee liqueur right now that has molasses and uses hexa coffee, and it's good on its own, but it's good in a cocktail and just gives you that kind of like warming feel. And I think that would probably be really nice, also mixed with a little like cinnamon stick, um, just to give you that kind of seasonal warmth to it. And then uh, very quickly, uh, who is the uh, typical uh, autumn drinking customer? Is it uh, someone who wants something uh, nice and uh, warming on the uh, back patio in the uh, waning hours of daylight, or is it someone stocking up for a tailgate party? It, well, it's typically both. The The backyard scarf-wearing people are more so looking for that kind of warming liqueur. The tailgate people are typically looking for something that they can have more of for a longer period of time. Uh, so we still see a lot of like our, our traditional beer drinkers coming in for the tailgates. Um, but it's, it'll, you know, now more than ever, I think a lot of people are, are also kind of just curbing um, that conversation as far as like how much to drink and for how long. So another thing that we're seeing a lot of is like non-alcoholic for the tailgates in the, the nighttime beverages. Carly Katz, owner of Bottles and Cans in Chicago, two locations. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.